Hey, what's up, everybody? Terminal Transmissions coming at you once more. Terminal Transmissions is a wee little pop culture podcast. It's like a talk show. Me and my buddy here uh, just like to bullshit about TV shows, uh, movies, science and technology, video games, all that type of jazz. Yeah. Um, I'm Danny. I'm Garrett. Uh, This is actually our 44th episode. There you go. Um, So we're getting up there. 50's coming right around the corner. Uh Uh, but today we're going to talk about uh, Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles book series and how there's going to be a TV series. Yeah. Based on that. Uh, we're going to talk about a teenager in the UK who actually won a court case to have her body cryogenically frozen until we cure cancer and can revive her and cure her. So cool. Um, we're going to talk a little bit. It's been a while about No Man's Sky. Whoa. They finally broke radio silence and got a big update coming out. And then we're going to talk about Moana, which finally came out last week. Mm-hmm. We both saw it and loved it. So we're going to get into that. Yeah. Um, but starting off with TV, uh, super exciting news. So we're both big vampire fans, regardless vampire of fans. what yeah. the universe or the story or the, the IP. Yeah. I have liked Anne Rice for a long time, specifically because Interview with a Vampire, my brother actually played like a real minor, terrible, like he was an extra in that movie, but it was, it doesn't matter. You can't see him. You don't know that it's him. It's not anything important. But because of that, Interview with a Vampire was like around in my family, like way back in the day. And so I was like, cool, um, Anne Rice stuff is happening. Uh, I like this movie. So the rights to her Vampire Chronicles actually got purchased by Imagine and Universal like two years ago, and they were going to make a film series. Oh, okay. Um, which people were skeptical about, mm-hmm. but it never happened. They were going to okay. actually do an interview with a vampire reboot. Was really? The really? But, which uh, is really weird because that movie was great. I don't really feel like it needs a reboot. Well, it's ridiculous because that movie's great, but there's so much content in that universe that you can make other movies about that you don't have to reboot the one good fucking Anne Rice movie that there is. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not a big Queen of the Damned guy. That movie was not super great. Mm -mm. But anyway, so she just announced on her Facebook that the movie's not getting made because the rights reverted already to her and her son. Oh, rad. So her uh, and her son, Christopher Rice, who is actually also an author, they're going to be developing the Vampire Chronicles into Excellent. a TV series. Excellent. So it's super cool. They're both going to be executive producers on the series. Okay. Uh, one of the things that she said was, uh, so over the years, like her fans have just constantly said, like, you, we needed like a Game of Thrones style TV series yeah. about Vampire Chronicles. Sure. And she was like, okay, so I have the rights back now. So <laughs> me and my son are just going to make that. Like real talk. She right. said that. Like that literally she was like, okay, well, I've been listening and I heard it That's and I just awesome. didn't have the rights, but now I do. That's really cool. Uh, so yeah, she said they're probably going to start with uh, the Vampire Lestat nice. and then move on from there. Nice. Okay. But yeah, for those of you who don't know, the Vampire Chronicles is like 14 books, I think. That's a shitload of books. Uh, I, don't I, know, I don't know exactly. That, that, that Atlantean one that just came out, I think was the 14th book. Oh, wow. Which that's like a thousand books. Right. And for, they're, they're, they're pretty large. Yeah, yeah. They're not like individually they're not like game of thrones size or like um will of time, Wheel of time size right. but they're they're novels sure yeah 
Um, but yeah, so there's obviously now instantly a ton of conjecture and like fan right, theories, yeah. like who is going to be cast, where's it going to go? Yeah. Is it going to be HBO or Showtime or Netflix? Yeah. yeah I, that's, I, that's I mean, cool. I, I wouldn't complain about Netflix. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely not. So, so it's really neat for, for several reasons, but my, my first point is that it, it's interesting to me because as soon as, uh, we talked about this earlier and, and I started thinking about it. I immediately imagine kind of like a jumping around of timelines. Right, right, right. Because it's something that's very easy to do because the books themselves do that. And uh, especially the later ones, the, right. the later ones really start like just jumping around. So I kind of naturally just gravitated toward that as like, oh, it'd be really neat to see it done as like, okay, now we're in like the 1760s. Westworld. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. It's like, okay, and now we're, you know, kind of like what Highlander did. Right. Uh, in Highlander, you know, it's, it's, like there would be entire episodes that were just flashbacks. Right. And so I was kind of imagining something along the lines of that. Um, but it's cool to do it chronologically. I, I mean, I, I don't know if they are going to do it fully chronologically, or maybe they're just going to t start it out by telling Lestat's story. Right. Which is really cool because there's a lot there. First and foremost, Lestat is like one of the coolest characters ever come up with. He is a very fucking cool character. Yeah. In every regard, like, He's nuanced. He has a ton of cool history. He has really rad motivations. And then on top of all of that, he's like, he's this anti-hero that you want, you want to root for. But at the end of the day, Lestat is not a good dude. No, not at all. And that was a really cool juxtaposition between him and Louis right. was that like Louis wanted to re retain his humanity. And Louis really went to great lengths to retain that humanity and really showcase that like you can be a vampire and still be a good person deep down. Mm -hmm. Whereas Lestat was like, ooh, maybe none of that, though. Like, maybe I'm just going to do whatever I want for forever. Yeah. I always really liked that about Lestat. Lestat's a real cool guy. But other than that, I, I want to say that I think the best part about this is that I think it's actually going to hopefully negate what I think is Anne Rice's largest flaw as a writer. Because mm -hmm. I, I like her writing. Mm -hmm. I do. But she is very fucking long winded. Oh yeah, she is verbose. Yeah, she she likes she she loves descriptions. I'm so glad that you just changed that. <laughs> yeah, she no, likes isn't strong enough. Yeah, it really isn't, and that's that's really her thing, and that's what really set her apart. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of writers that do uh, vampires. There's a lot of writers that do this type of vampire. The um, Toreador, if you will, the the very fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah, the like the super super like dramatic. Right. Um, it's James Stowell's favorite type of vampires. <laughs> right. They wear corsets for sure. Yeah. So Anne Rice kind of carved out an, a, a niche for herself in that she was kind of the first one that got big by going so goddamn into detail, right, about her world and her characters, and it really fucking works for her. But it can be really difficult for some readers. Right. Uh, even me sometimes. And I've read several of her books. And sometimes I would try to read a book and be like, okay, bro, like I'm done with it. Yeah. And she's very, very similar to Terry Goodkind in that manner. But anyway, I like it. I think, and what, what I was saying about that is I, I think that being a, in a television show, you can't really do that because you don't need to. It's like, oh, I, you can see it. You don't have to describe it. It's right in front of you. And I think that that would be really good. And I and I think there's a lot of cool stories within her world that would be really, really fun to see play out. Yeah, I totally agree. And a couple, just two more quick points I wanted to make. Uh, one, uh, I went ahead and looked it up. And it, so the 14th book in Vampire Chronicles is this new one, but it comes out actually 
today. Well, oh, okay. T- now that the episode's airing Tuesday, the mm-hmm. 29th, it comes out today. Oh. Uh, and it is uh, Prince Lestat and the Realms of Atlantis, hmm. which is apparently Lestat literally gets like possessed by like an Atlantean spirit and then like relives the history of Atlantis, which sounds cool just uh, sure. of itself. But mm-hmm. honestly, like her being verbose and describing Atlantis oh, probably right. is going to be the best oh, thing ever. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then the only other thing I wanted to say is in terms of talking about what network it might end up on, mm-hmm. someone pointed out uh, Showtime has a penny dreadful sized hole to fill right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not untrue. It's not untrue. Yeah, it would really be cool uh, done in that same kind of manner. Yeah. Uh, pretty dark, but still not like over the top dark. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think that's I think it would fit there. But yeah, super, super fucking pumped up. Yeah, really curious to see how it turns out, especially with her and her son writing it and producing yeah. it. Yeah. Having such a like a strong hand in it will be interesting. So in science, we're going to talk about something that's kind of similar in similar vein to things that we talk about all the time, which is kind of transhumanism, etc. And this is similar immortality. To that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's similar, but not the exact same thing. But it's pretty neat in that it's something that's been talked about for a very long time, it's a cry- long time. Hell yeah, and it's it's cryogenic freezing to get around illness, right. which is really neat because it's happening now. And so, uh, a fourteen-year-old British girl. She was dying of and has, has since passed from a very rare form of cancer. And so she actually had to like go through a legal battle to fulfill her wish of being cryogenically frozen so that one day, hopefully, they cure cancer and they, they you know, solve all the issues we have right now with reviving a cryogenically frozen person and then bringing her back from the dead. And this is, to me... The coolest aspect of this is that she is already dead. Mm-hmm. And that's very interesting. Is like usually it's like someone that's near death and they and then they get frozen while they're still alive. She fully already is dead. So not only do you have to cure her cancer, but then you have to bring her back from the dead. Mm-hmm. But by that point, hopefully, you know, the rejuvenation process would kind of it's, you know. Well, the thing about it is, is all those other people are dead, too. I mean, I mean, true, but it's I, I, yeah, going in. Yeah, I get it. what you're saying. They yeah. were they were frozen to death. Mm-hmm. Whereas she died of cancer, right. and then they froze her body, mm-hmm. and now they they have to cure both. Right. But yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very fucking cool. And it's I mean, like there's a very high chance that nothing will ever happen with it. Sure. We will never be able to reanimate a dead person. Yeah, maybe so. But just the thought that like there's science scientists out there confident enough that they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, just freeze them. Yeah. I, and just just the attitude behind it, which is really that that's why I wanted to talk about it. It's, it's just the attitude of like. Fuck it. You know what? It might take us 200 years. It might take us 500 years. Bring me back. Even yeah. the article that I was reading about it, uh, her dad, it was like it was saying that like one of his quotes. And he was like, you know, what if she's what if it does work? And what if she's brought back from the dead? And, you know, I'm paraphrasing. But uh, and then she doesn't know what's going on because she's missed like hundreds of years. And I right. was like, that's a problem. Yeah, that's like the coolest thing that could ever happen. <laughs> that's like, the best problem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I, I, I came back from the dead. And now I don't have cancer and I'm a 14 year old girl living in like, you know, 200, 300, 400 years in the future from when I was born. That's not a problem. That's a cool thing. I died of cancer at 14, but now I'm back alive with no cancer. But I'm upset because the world is Matrix. Yeah. No, I I just wanted to see future cars. I just want to know where the gold is. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, can I can I just can I do it? Yeah. How do I? It's what is it like? 350 people in the world are frozen. Yeah, I, I I don't remember what the exact number was. I know that this for that facility was the 143rd patient. Yeah, uh, but yeah, she died. Well, there, there's only two facilities in the world, aren't there? 
Uh, it didn't say. The article that I read didn't say. I think there's only two in the world. Oh, damn. Okay. And I think there's like 320 or 350. Okay, so it's like half and half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some 300 number of people frozen. Jeez. Which yeah. is a tiny number compared to the population, but oh, sure. it's a lot of people that try and unfreeze later. <laughs> or especially <laughs> right. if you can't and you just have a bunch of corpsicles. Yeah. But hopefully they can and hopefully... I mean, it'd be crazy if it's it's like pretty quick. If they just like figure out how to how to cure cancer. I mean, we are rapidly heading towards that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, it absolutely is true. It might be something to do with like nanotechnology mm-hmm. that, that makes it possible. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, yeah, it could just, you know, un, unfreeze them and cure cancer simultaneously. Basically, she yeah. could come back in like 30 years. That would be fucking Whoa. rad. Yeah. She wakes up and she's like, oh, where's the flying cars and the blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, no. It's like, oh, no, we're still dealing with climate change. <laughs> right. We can put you back if you want. <laughs> And then that's the point where I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah, just uh, drop me, me in too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's shoot just... me to Mars and put me in their cryogenics right. containment facility. Bring me back when you get your shit sorted out. Yeah. Earth. When we like are when we have like 30 planets to choose from. Yeah. Wake, wake me up inside. Can't wake up. <laughs> so warping on over to the center of the universe. Uh, we're going to get back into a game that we've fallen off for quite a while because yeah. they fell off. Mm-hmm. No Man's Sky. So, Hello Games has been radio silent completely for since August. Yeah, since the game came, like like two days since the game came out. Yeah. I think uh, they haven't said shit. We haven't got updates. There have been lots of patches of just bug fixes on mm-hmm. the game. Um, no updates. No new content. No nothing from them. No right. social media presence whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So a couple of days ago, they finally broke radio silence, and they announced that they are finally releasing a big content update to right. the game. And you know, part of the reason why we want to talk about this is just to. Talk about if we think that it actually matters. Yeah. Or if it's too little too late. Right. So I'm going to just quickly go over what the update is, and then we can just get into it and, you know, and destroy them. <laughs> um, so the update is called the Foundation Update. Uh, it's introducing basically the base building feature mm-hmm. that we heard about way back before the game came out. And they also said that it's going to set the stage for further updates, which I don't really know what that means, because shouldn't your fucking game be the stage for further updates? Anyhow... So I'm just going to real quickly go through the list of the new features, okay. and then we'll get into it. Yeah. Uh, so starting off with a bit, immediately a bit, uh, there are now three different game modes. Normal, which is the original gameplay experience. Creative, which promises an unlimited universe and big bases, which to me sounds like the intended original gameplay experience. <laughs> and then survival, which ups the challenge and test explorers endurance, which to me sounds like the original gameplay experience. Right. Uh, so they're also going to have the home base feature, which you can use for shelter, storage, and alien technology research. Uh, there's going to be crop farming, which is new plants and resources that hmm. you can actually farm. Okay. Um, there's going to be save points that you can add anywhere. So hey. like you, can, you can put down a save point. Remember when we wanted that real bad? Boom. That would have been fun on launch. Yeah. Uh, and then you can also um, leave messages for other explorers. Okay. So you can find like a communication terminal and like leave a message on the planet. When you're on the same planet and in the same room, but you can't see each other, right. you can then send a message right. through a terminal. You're right. You can send um, an email. Yeah. You can buy freighters now, finally, uh, which is just a bigger ship with more storage. And apparently your normal storage on your character and your boring ships have also been upgraded. Right, right. Because that was a huge concern. Wait, don't... People. Are the freighters... Is that something you pilot? Or is that just a ship that follows you around? It doesn't say. Oh, okay. But I don't know. Um, a streamlined quick menu is available to make looking through inventory easier. And finally, the PS4 version now has a photo mode. Fuck is photo mode? It's like, you know, like in... Um, GTA 5? Yeah, GTA 5 or like um, The Order, where you can oh, like okay. move a camera around and put like filters. And oh, got it, to, like, got it, Take got a picture it. of the cool stuff, even though nothing in No Man's Sky actually looks cool. Right, right. But yeah, so that's the update. <laughs> um, problem one. A lot of that shit is shit that was announced and should have been in the launch. Right. 
again, I understand that they got pressured by Sony and by the fans to release the game early, and that's not 100% their fault. But it is like 80% their fault. Right. Um, ultimately, they controlled when the game came out. Period, Absolutely, period, yeah. Period. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Like, Man, is it worth firing it up ever again? Like, I... First and foremost, I'm waiting because Aaron Diamandis has decided that he is going to be our guinea pig. And he said he was going to fire it up. So I'm waiting with bated breath to see what he says about it. Is but, he going to fire it up? Because fucking Final Fantasy 15 comes out tonight. And I feel um, like he lied to you. Um, <laughs> he probably forgot he was on the different timeline. So <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, like what you said, I think it's too little too late. I don't think that any of those things address any of the fucking issues that I had with the game, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Like, sure, there there needed to be bug fixes. Absolutely. But, like, my issue with the game was that there was nothing to fucking do. And that everything looked the same. Yeah. I felt like after I had been to, like, four planets, I had been to all the planets. And, like, this isn't changing any of that. This was this was launched as, like, a triple A, like, console selling game. Right. And it had less content at a full triple A launch than Starbound did as an indie early access game on Steam. Yeah. Like pre-alpha fucking 2D side-scroller. And legitimately, Starbound had more to, that you could do. It felt more like a fucking game. It was an early access game that we were all pissed about how little content there was. Yeah. And we still all put like 140 hours on yeah. each. Yeah. I was playing it obsessively because there was shit to fucking do. Yeah. And I feel like with No Man's Sky, like it wasn't like that's what I was t- talking to Aaron about is like, I feel like unless they change things from like the ground up with it, it's just a grind to get more stuff that you don't really give a fuck yeah. about. You basically experience the entire game within the first half an hour. Yeah. And then you just experience just like slightly varied versions of that same experience yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. There's n- there's no content. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no nothing. There's no intrigue. There's no mystery. It's just here's this thing. Repeat it until you win. Yep. And by win, I mean start over. Yeah. Spoiler alert: yeah. the ending of No Man's Sky is just Dark Tower ending. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it just it sucked, man. Like you go to a planet, you find resources to mine to make money to buy shit that you really ultimately don't give a fuck about. When we first started playing it, like the first day, I thought that I was waiting for like the cool stuff. Yep. I was like, okay, cool. Like at some point, I'm in the plebe shit, and there at some is point, no cool stuff. You start the game with basically all the cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's just like the wash, rinse, repeat the fucking game more than any other game that I've ever played. Yep. It's just like, oh, I'm in a new system, so there is a space station. I'm gonna fly in. There's going to be one of three aliens there, or no alien at all. Most likely an alien, and he's gonna be one of three species. That I've, they, they all look basically the same. I'm going to go talk to him. He's going to ask me for some dirt. I'm not going to have any dirt, but there's a plant in the corner of the room mm-hmm. that I can break down for some dirt. Yep. Give him some dirt. He's going to give me a schlinge. Yeah, he's probably going to teach me a word. He might give me a new gun. Then I'm going to go to a planet that looks just like all the fucking other planets that I've been to. I'm going to fly around. I'm not going to have anything to do other than try to find resources, which are pretty much fucking everywhere, but they just make it fucking annoying to mine them because of your incredibly fucking limited and stupid stupidly done laid out fucking inventory system fucking diablo 2 had a better goddamn inventory system than no man's sky did it's just it's just like a resource farm game that doesn't have any payoff yeah fucking harvest, harvest moon, moon yeah had a had a hu- much much better fucking payoff 
And that game is literally about fucking farming, literally. And it's also 30 years old. Yeah, it's just like, I didn't feel like, even even like all the procedural shit, like even the ships. Yep. I just felt like I saw the same like 15 yep. or 20 ships over and over. And it's like, aren't these fucking procedural? Shouldn't I, shouldn't I just be constantly surprised with what I'm seeing? What nope. the fuck did you do? There were like four ships. Yeah. What the fuck did you do with like your four years of making this fucking game? Like, I get it. You wanted like a huge universe sized fucking game universe. That's cool. But not when every fucking thing you could have just tricked me. You could have just put a portal to where it just loops you back around to a different side of like the same 60 planets yep. systems and just renamed them each time. And I would have just believed you. Yep. There's I, no- I, I think that they I think their mistake was making the whole game with math. Yeah, I think that had way more challenges in terms of creating mm-hmm. original content than they pr- predicted. Right. And I, I think, think in order to have true original stuff, you would have had to have a way more insanely complex base code than they actually right. came up with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But yeah, it's just like there's nothing here. There's nothing. And maybe maybe if there was interaction, which I know that that wasn't their point, but maybe if there was and maybe if you and I could have teamed up and like done some cool stuff together, gotten a crew together and like had stuff to do. Maybe that would be enough for what they have to work, but that doesn't exist. It's it's a single player fucking game. Yep. I don't know, man. I, it, I it all just felt like patterns, and I think yeah. that was because of the math approach. Mm-hmm. Like every time you went to a new system, you were like, "This feels like they just took the same system and right. just rotated all the variables once." Right. Like they just clicked it all around one <laughs> spot to the next spot over. Right. Oh, the space station has a sphere in this one instead of a fucking pyramid. Right. And it's got the glibs yeah. instead of the glorbs and right. the planet's red instead of blue. Yeah. And the sun's pink instead of yellow. And the, and the worst part is like, again, like like that video, like we, we talked about that. There's that video that's just making fun of it where it, it, it does the Jurassic Park theme and it's showing like what, w- what was shown at E3 and it's beautiful and there's dinosaurs and there's this lush, verdant landscape. And then it quickly transfers over to the real game the real game with a fucking shitty ass fucking shit animal on a shit barren fucking planet and it's just like yeah this is this is exactly it like if you had actually delivered us something that had actual like waving beautiful grass and like lush landscapes that would have worked but you didn't you just gave us like shitty fucking everything looks the same planets I don't know, man. I I think that for them to fix it, they would have to sit down and overhaul the entire game from the ground up. Pretty much. And I, I don't think I, I think that even what he said, like, oh, this is like the framework for our, our next updates, etc. I, I, I just don't think you're, you're you know, you're you're missing the entire goddamn point, I feel, which is like your game sucks. And you need to change some key goddamn pillars of the game yep. <laughs> before it's not going to suck. You can't just. You can't just add a few things to it and go, hey, guys, now it's a cool game. Hi, I'm Sean anybody. Murray. Get ready for No Man's Sky 2. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think it I think it is. I, I, I think that I think that they're just not going to understand that their game is fundamentally a shit game. <laughs> I was expecting something so much more eloquent than that. No, that's it. Fundamentally, their game is bad. Yeah. Escape better. <laughs> Flipping and sliding over to movies, we are going to talk about Moana, which yeah. we got to see the other day because you're a nice dude. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, be buying movie tickets for the crew. 
Uh, Moana was awesome. God damn. I just, I like, I really just, that's, that's, that's the moral of this story. If you haven't seen it, go see it. If you have seen it, I, I know you liked it. Don't pretend. I feel like if maybe there's people out there who wouldn't like it, but like, if you give a single flying fuck about Disney or Pixar movies, mm-hmm. you do yourself a favor. Right. And go see. Yeah. I mean, it's first and foremost, it's, it's beautiful. The colors, the I, I said that that was like my, I posted a Facebook right after we watched it. And I said like, Moana has like the best color palette of any movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's true. That's not even, I'm not being hyperbolic. It's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the the design of everything, the, pa- the palette is literally up there with like a Miyazaki film. Like yeah. you're just like, whoa! <laughs> yeah, why yeah. is this movie so pretty? Yeah, it's 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 incredible, and they did such a good job of of really making it look different from most Disney, most other Disney movies, mm-hmm. while simultaneously like it doesn't, it's not out of place, right? But I I really like that they did do something different with it, and it's it does look you can look at it and go, oh oh man. Like, this is really this cool design that y'all have never really done before. And I really dig that. And on uh, furthermore, Moana herself is an incredible, cool character. Oh, yeah. Uh, Super cool. Yeah. I really like what they did with her because they didn't just make her. It's So it's, it's, it's hard to not do a couple things, which are polarizing. First, to make just like a Disney princess that's like. She has to rely on other people to solve her problems. Right. Okay. So that's the first issue. And unfortunately, the typical standard way of combating that is to polarize it, to go completely opposite and to make them like harsh, super mega badass female character that doesn't need help from nobody. Right. And so I feel like what they did was something much more difficult, which is to find a middle ground. Mm-hmm. And they, they so they made this really tough, spirited character while simultaneously she understands that she does need help yeah, and she can't just rely on herself. And I really like that. And again, I think that that was a much harder thing to write, but mm-hmm. that totally worked for them because they knocked it out of the park. Right. And then Maui, which is played by the rock. Yeah. And, uh, he's the other main character and he's absolutely fucking incredible as you do. Oh yeah. The rock just knocked it out. Yeah. Uh, Didn't see just, that coming. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just, he, he, he was incredible. To be perfectly real. Both yeah. of them were incredible. Now, you you know this. Some people listening might not actually know this because I don't know how many times we've actually talked about him. Mm-hmm. But I'm a fucking huge Dwayne Johnson fan. It's true. Like a nightmare. Yeah. So I'm biased. But like, I honestly just can't believe how much he's improved over his acting yeah. career. Yeah. For real. Like from back in like the Mummy Returns days mm-hmm. to, to now, it's it's unbelievable. Right. Because there's a lot of people who go from wrestling to acting who mm-hmm. never do shit. Right. In fact, I'd say most. Yeah. And even the ones who do a lot of shit, like Hulk Hogan, he's a fucking terrible actor. Right. right yeah he's trading on his name oh yeah but the rock is incredible and i think he brought a lot to the role it was cool we watched this uh, little video that was a behind the scenes that was showing different actors doing their voice lines Mm -hmm. and doing some singing and uh i really liked it because it showed it showed the rock doing one of his songs like the big song that he does Mm -hmm. in it and uh he was so animated in it and yeah you're not being like Film. This is audio. I mean, he was being filmed so that we could see it, but, but for behind the scenes. But you could tell that he didn't give a fuck about that. And he was just getting so into it, so animated, like he really was there, like it, it actually mattered. Like he was doing fucking like mocap for yeah. it. And he he wasn't. And, and I, But I love that. I love that touch. Um, the songs were awesome. The song yeah, it was, songs it has, incredible. Yeah, it has, it has one of the best, I would say, especially in like recent memory, 
soundtracks that I've seen in a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which is that's saying something because I grew up in the in the '90s when Disney movie soundtracks were every one of them was incredible, and I, I feel like this movie would would their soundtrack would fit just as well as like Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Mulan, uh, Hercules, all of which had fantastic soundtracks. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, who who wrote and starred in uh, Hamilton, which you guys may have heard about on the internet. <laughs> he he actually helped uh, do the the music, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was showing him. Then that same that same video that w- that I was just talking about, it actually showed him, and he was fully fucking like orchestrating, like right, he was right, like right. directing them, and and like uh, just so into it, and 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 it showed it. And it was incredible. The the music was was fucking phenomenal. Like I said, like some of the best in recent history, I would say. Um, but the story was also incredible and it pulls from Hawaiian and Polynesian mythology, which mm-hmm. I didn't know before beforehand because I've never really read anything about Polynesian or Hawaiian mythology, but apparently it's fucking cool. Um, apparently so. Yeah. And just having a having like a demigod shapeshifter, Herculean char- style character mm-hmm. uh, is really neat. And apparently that is just a thing in Hawaii. Yeah. And that's fucking dope. Yeah. Just having like a badass looking fish hook is the, the coolest oh thing. yeah that that's like the coolest thing and that's like where all your power comes from yeah it's like here it's like your mjolnir but it's a fucking big ass like ivory fish hook yeah, yeah. it was so cool what a great movie uh one important distinction that i want to make is that while in the grand disney universe moana is a disney princess for mm-hmm. the sake of these are all of our princesses right she is not a princess in the movie canon she is a chief so don't fucking right. don't don't get it twisted right. she's a fucking village chief Right. princess yeah uh but anyway the movie was fucking incredible yeah from start to finish like i, I literally like was just crying the whole time yeah, like I as soon cry, as the, as soon twice. as like the first song came on like before the <laughs> like the actual like the opening like uh-huh. produced by whomever like pixar right. and disney song came on i was done really i was i was sold Jeez. i was like okay this soundtrack is so good that i'm not gonna be able to contain myself <laughs> for the whole movie yeah I've, and, i fully cried twice at least tw- twice that i can remember i fully was like tears were going down my down my face but yeah the the, the story's great the characters mm-hmm. are great the acting's great the the sound is great the like the the character design mm-hmm. the color palette all of it is just it's perfect yeah also the, it has jermaine from flight of the concords in it and he yeah, kills yeah he it's a movie kills. it's a movie that has both the rock and jermaine in it so say i won't yeah absolutely. say i won't watch it yeah i already did i want to go see it again <laughs> yeah all right well uh yeah that's that's about all we have to say about it go see it if you haven't seen it it's it's incredible yeah you you won't regret it i promise yeah so all right see you guys next time